0: If you have your Bibles, let's hold them up. I'm a child of God. I have in my hand the powerful Word of God. It can change lives, heal broken hearts, and save man's soul. And So here's our prayer. Lord Jesus, today, would you speak to me? In Jesus' name, amen. Now, yeah, high five, high five, pound that neighbor. Hug them. Whatever you need to do. Smile at them. That's the main thing. Look at your neighbor and smile at them. Tell them Jesus loves you. Would you do that? All right. Now, tell tell them back. Jesus loves you too? All right. For some, we need to hear that, don't we? We need to hear that Jesus loves us. One of the occupational hazards of being a pastor is that Sunday comes... Every seven days. And it comes whether I'm ready or not. And some Sundays you know. I don't seem to be very ready. (laughs) But it comes. Nevertheless. Christmas comes. Every December 25th. Every 365 days. Whether we are ready. Or not. Have you seen some of those. You know. What is the song we sing nowadays? It's the most. Wonderful time of the year. That just kind of brings a little smile to your face, doesn't it? Have you been in a store lately? You know how they're singing it, don't you? It's the most wonderful time of the year. I've got my list and I'm checking it twice. Boy, there's just a lot of anger out there. People aren't happy. People stand in line, and they just don't like it, do they? I don't like it. Walmart. Why do we all go to Walmart? And they all come when I go. I want them to stay home till I get through. And it will be the most wonderful time of the year. And they say they have all their grocery checkout Lines open. <laughs> You've been to the same Walmart I have. <clears throat> but you know what? We don't really have to worry if shopping's getting you down because retail stores have come to the rescue. I mean, they seem to open and decorate for Christmas. It used to be they'd wait till after Thanksgiving, right? I think by the time our kids get to be adults, they're going to be decorating and setting up for Christmas after Labor Day. Staying open longer <laughs> and making it convenient. And if you know, and if you don't want to go out to the store, you can go online. The convenience of ordering online, they'll mail it to your house. And if you've really got it going, you can have a professional shopper come and get your list and go shop for you. I'll sign up for that job right there. Golly. But if we're honest with ourselves, we just don't have time for Christmas. I want to talk for the next three or four weeks about shopping for a Savior. And do we have time for Christmas? Time is the new currency. Our society values time almost as much as money. People may be frivolous with their money But not with their time. And one of the places that people are the most time conscious is at church. One of the greatest sermons you will ever hear will be a short sermon. And all God's people say it. Not that you're going to hear that hair. As many of you have understood. Bryn Franklin said Dost thou love life? Then do not squander time, for that's the stuff life is made of. Time is the one commodity that we can't generate more of. We can make additional money. Can you say bailout? (laughs) Isn't it funny when they ask, where are you going to get this money from? Well, we'll just make some more. When my children were growing up and they were driving down the street and they wanted to go to McDonald's, I would say, hey, we don't have any money. To which they would say they were quick. They would say, Dad, you got a check. Just write a check. That sounds like the government we, we serve, doesn't it? Just write a check. Energy can be enhanced, but we only have 60 seconds of a minute. 60 minutes in an hour, 24 hours in a day, no more, no less. If you haven't been counting, there are 18 days, 432 hours, 25,920 minutes, 1,555,200 seconds to Christmas. I just thought I'd let you know. Because the clock is ticking. Time is running out. But it's interesting that time is made for consumerism at Christmas. But is time made for the Christ of Christmas. Will you make time for Jesus this Christmas? You know, I like to do the what ifs sometime in life, don't you? What if Joseph said... I don't care what Caesar Augustus ordered. I don't have time to go to Bethlehem to pay my taxes. I've got some bookcases to build. What if Mary had said, I'm too young to have a child. It will demand too much of my time. And furthermore, I'm not married. I'll have an abortion. And if certain laws are passed, Going into 2009, abortion will be on demand, and it won't matter at what point in the pregnancy you are. As soon as one law is passed, one law, hello, my wife says all the time, we're going to hell in a handbasket. Because we've abandoned this. This is the law of God. This we should be following. This should give our marching orders. Amen? Right here. If you you think abortion's okay, I want you to read Psalm 139. Just read it. And then you come back and tell me, yeah, no problem. And I won't give you the gory details. What if God said, send my son to earth? You've got to be kidding. I don't have time for those God forsaking people. And anyway, it's a stinky and a dirty planet. But Joseph didn't make that statement. Neither did Mary. And hallelujah, neither did God. Christmas is about a God who made time and came at the right time. To listen to, to, to listen to our hearts and to touch our lives. I want to give you two verses. In Luke chapter 2 and verse 6, we find this verse. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. In, in Galatians 4 and verse 4, it says, When the time had fully come, God sent His Son born of a woman. Now, these verses tie together and refer to the birth of Christ. The baby refers to Mary's baby named Jesus. A very human baby from a very human mother. His son refers to God's son. A very divine baby from a very divine father. And in these two verses, the whole theology of the incarnation is shown. This baby of Mary's, God's only Son, totally human and yet totally divine. God made time for us. The reference to time in both of these verses kind of grabs my attention. The time came, it says. And then that, that other verse says, when the time had fully come. You see, God made the time... At the right time in history, Jesus came. God didn't say, I don't have time. Rather, He said, I'll make the time. God's Son was born on that first Christmas morning, and it was all, all for us. People have asked me over the years, why do you put a Christmas tree in the worship area here at the church, next to the cross? Because symbols mean something. Christmas tree is a pagan it's a pagan thing but when I look at the Christmas tree I see the birth of Christ so what I want you to see hopefully from this day forward that we have displayed for you the two trees of Jesus the two trees of Christmas born and died I can't show you a tree of resurrection because he ain't here anymore (laughs) hallelujah Amen, all right, but God made time for us, and He sent Jesus at the just the right time, out of love for you and for me. So will you make time for Jesus? He came to a world that He created to a people that had long awaited his arrival, but they didn't have time for him. while he's not mentioned by name in the Bible, I want to Talk to, or these, these folks, uh, four or five different types of people that encountered Christ. They just didn't have time for him. And he's not mentioned by name, but the innkeeper was confronted by a man and his pregnant wife. He turned away, he turned them away saying that he had no room for them. He didn't have time for the Savior because he was too busy. It was the census. This little tiny hamlet was crowded and His was the only place for lodging and he had no rooms to clean. Uh, Or he had rooms to clean. He didn't have any that were available. He had food to serve. He had decorations to put up. He had towels to wash. He had people to care for. He wasn't an evil man or unsympathetic. He was just busy. And that's really all. And the innkeeper reminds me of people who become so consumed With the commotion of Christmas that they miss the Christ of Christmas. I love to watch children, don't you? This time of year is the best time to watch children. The younger they are, the more fun it is. Because the older they get, the more greedy they become. Have you noticed that? They do. Oh, listen, we had a family call asking for help. Four children. We didn't get the ages. We just said, "Hey, you know, we're we're loaded up." <laughs> but I tried to help find somebody to help them. So I did. They then contacted the family. the The youngest child is 14, 16, 18, and 19. Get a job! <laughs> but you'll never get. Guess what the kids wanted? One gift. That's all they wanted. Are you ready? What do you think? A flat screen TV. I started to say, well, what size screen would you like? I'm sure they would have taken 52. Now, how about that? get addicted to activity not necessarily simple activity just things that keep one occupied as i look around this room this morning i see faces actually i see empty seats where faces usually are and i wonder why we're so preoccupied the clutter of shopping of parties of concerts of dinners They preoccupy the day And and they're too busy People get too busy for the Son of God Cindy's office has a a party And this year they're allowing the spouses to come Well, I probably shouldn't go Though I really would like to go The only reason I knew they were letting spouses come Is I happened to see the memo she left at home on the counter Because she didn't tell me That the spouses could come because I would love to come in there. Hey, what's going on, brother? Do you really need, what's in, that, what's in that glass right there? See, I would just have fun with this. I would just have fun with it. In fact, it would be great to get that big old family Bible i am talking about. Here. Wouldn't it be fun? Go to a store and get one of those collars that go on. it would just be fun. It would be fun. Because they wouldn't know what to do with the preacher in the house when they're trying to have their party. So I'm not gonna go. I said, baby, get them to buy me a cheese ball and I'll just stay at home. But you see, in sharp contrast to the innkeeper, is another man who didn't have time for the Savior, Herod, king of the Jews. He was very old, very sick, nearly dead. He was a dying man, tottering on an unstable throne. And like all despots, he held tightly to the reins of power and brutally removed anyone who got in his way. And over the years, he killed his brother-in-law, mother-in-law, and even his own wife. And the notion of a baby born king of the Jews was a a direct threat to him. No wonder he tried to kill Jesus. In In his eyes, he had no choice. It was kill or be killed. He didn't have time for another rival. He was ready to kill anyone who was a threat, even a tiny helpless baby. Hare's not unlike the men and women today who won't allow anything to interfere with their career, their position in life, their ambitions, their plans, their lifestyles. How does a man who makes multi-millions of dollars to run down a football field and catch a football thrown by another multi-million dollar quarterback? How does he go into a bar or restaurant with a gun in his pocket and shoot himself in the leg? And wonder, what's the big deal? Well, there's several laws that you've broken here. But you know, it just amazes me. We had one crying on the witness stand last week, sentenced to multiple years in prison. Did you hear him in tears? As O.J. said, I didn't know they were doing anything wrong in there. Well, let's see, they had mafia ties and you were in Vegas. Excuse me. I understand that's the hotbed of spiritual growth. It's like your kids coming home. It really wasn't me. Yeah. First of all, you've got to remember, teenagers are liars. They're liars. They've got to tell you a lie before they tell you the truth. Oh, I'm making them mad up there. But see, some of you adults, how did they learn that? By watching us. Oh, hey, 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 hey. Get back to your sermon. Okay, I think I will. Herod is not like, unlike us. His allegiance was to someone else other than Christ. It was to himself. A whole group of people didn't have time for Jesus. If there were a group of people who should have been aware of the timing of Jesus' arrival, it was the chief priests and the scribes. I mean, they were the theologians, the religious elite of Israel. They had studied the prophecies about the coming of the Messiah. They were encouraged to read the signs of the times of His arrival. They preached of a deliverer, the anointed one, who would come to eradicate the oppressors from their country. They were the theological experts, the guardians of spiritual truth. Yet they never, ever bothered to travel the five miles from Jerusalem to Bethlehem to find out for themselves if the Messiah had indeed been born. Surely they saw the star. They heard the news about the infant born in Bethlehem. Why did they not make time for Jesus? Well, I'm going to tell you why. Indifference. They just didn't care why aren't people hungry for the word why aren't they thirsting after righteousness because they just don't care you will say boy oh, I wish I knew the word of God like you do when well, do you ever pick it up and when you pick it up do you ever open it and when you open it do you ever read it and when you read it do you ever apply it to what your life is about? Oh, I have a lot of people say, well, I read that, I just can't, I can't understand a word of it. Well, I've got some translations you could understand. You want one? Well, no, that just ain't the real Bible if I need one of these right here. Well, that's interesting. If you're reading a Bible that you can't understand, but I can give you one that you could and you don't want to read it, hmm, you just don't care. Are you with me so far? Are you indifferent about it? Do you have time These guys were were so self-righteous, believing they were already all that God could ever want of them. They were sickeningly arrogant. They had no time for the Savior. When Jesus began His public ministry, it was these same men that despised Jesus and then ultimately plotted and lied to have Him killed. I know people like that, don't you? People who just don't care about Jesus. People who had rather not fool with Him. Sadly, many of those people are sitting in the pews at churches. Have you learned yet that familiarity breeds contempt? Familiar with the Bible? The prophecies, the teachings of Jesus, but they are condescending of the Savior. Indifferent people are disdainful. It's a deadly sin not to care. It is typical of people, including religious people, who don't think they need a Savior. Jesus came to people who had a problem, and that problem was called sin, and they knew it indifferent people ignore their sin and they ignore jesus the solution to their sin they don't care about the remedy because they don't believe that they've even got the disease and so many of them sitting in the pews today in so many churches are carrying on the same kind of sins that we claim the world is sinning with and we're doing it right inside the church house right inside our own lives because you and i are the temple of the holy spirit you and I are the temple of God. And if we were really serious about it, oh, 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 oh. I love my wife and I'm serious about loving her. And when she's gone, like she's been gone this weekend, it, it had been no fun in my house. My old dog has looked at me, Lizzie's looked at me like, what are you doing over there? Because I've just kind of been sitting there just moping a little bit, had my lip puckered out. Had to fix my own meals. (laughs) It's been rough now. I mean, my beds weren't, my sheets weren't turned back with my little candy on the pillow. (laughs) I mean, telling you right now, I had to wash, I had to wash the dishes. Who's going to wash the clothes? It's been a rough weekend, Bob. Who's going to feed and water that dog? I mean, come on. Poor old dogs looked at me like, I'm starving here. You got You're with me, aren't you? That's how people are, aren't they? I don't need a Savior. I don't need Jesus. Are you kidding me? There's an old story about a man who had said to his friend, I've heard that the two major maladies in America today are ignorance and apathy. What do you think? And his friend says, well, I don't know, and I don't really care. (laughs) How many of us have taken the time for the Savior simply because we don't care? We've not taken the time because we just don't care. Apathy and ignorance can lead us to our own demise. One other group of people who was present who didn't have time for Jesus. They're not mentioned in the text, but they exist. They live in every age. They are the people who don't have time for Jesus because of delay. We have a a, a, a name for them. We call them procrastinators. Procrastinators. The procrastinators saw the star, they heard of the baby. And they knew that something strange and wonderful was happening. And they wanted to check it out, but never got around to it. Now they were going to, but they were just going to do it later. They had the opportunity of a lifetime. The very Savior of the world was within their grasp. But they put off going to the manger to see that baby Jesus. Procrastinators are in every generation. They know what they should do, but fail to act because of the lack of urgency. There's no hurry, they say. There is always tomorrow. It's communicated in such phrases as this. I'll buy the gift after Christmas when it goes on sale. I'll write the thank you note after things slow down. I'll see my dad when the holidays are over. I'll have more time then. I'll give my heart to Jesus next Sunday. But tomorrow never comes and the opportunity lost. There's a story that recounts a company of demons before Satan's throne. And Satan barks in a loud voice. Who will go to earth to convince people not to give their lives to Jesus? One demon says, I'll go and tell them there is no heaven. Satan in protest says that won't work. The conviction of a better life is too deep seated in the hearts of men. Well, then I'll go, said another demon. I'll tell them that there is no hell. Satan thunders back. Well, that won't work. Man's conscience will witness against such mockery. And then a dark spirit glided forward. Satan, I'll go. And what will you tell them, Satan says? Well, the spirit says, I will tell them that you have plenty of time to trust in Jesus. Tomorrow will be soon enough to give your heart to the Savior. There's no hurry. And according to this story, That was the demon Satan sent and is abroad the earth whispering to the hearts of men and women there's plenty of time for Christ. There's no hurry to get religious. Just have fun while you can. You're only young once. Grab all the gusto you can. Tomorrow is soon enough. Do you have time for Jesus as the worship team comes to help me close? I want to ask you personal question. Of the five types of people that I mentioned this morning, which do you most identify with? Do you identify with Joseph and Mary? It wasn't easy or convenient, but they made time for Jesus. Do you identify with the innkeeper? Do you you not have time for Jesus because you're too busy? Or maybe you're like Herod. You don't have time for Jesus because you are self-absorbed in your own agenda. Or perhaps you most identify With the religious leaders. You're familiar with Jesus, but your heart's covered with calluses. You've heard the story so many times that you don't hear it anymore and you just don't care. So you're saying, hey, why bother? Or does the procrastinator group resonate with you? You know the need and realize the peril, but would just rather wait. Are you whispering to yourself, there's no hurry. I'll make time for Jesus later. If God made time for us, can't we make time for Him this Christmas? Let's get ready for Christmas. And let's make time for Jesus. And let's start right now to make time for Jesus. The good news is, no matter what you've done, He's already covered it. No matter what you will do, He's already covered it. And so if you think in your life I've sinned, oh, preacher, you just don't know. He's already covered it. So if you're here this morning and you are in need of a Savior, you're shopping for a Savior, I've got one I'd like to give to you. Father, thank you for this morning that we can stop a moment and pause enough to realize that we need you we need you in such a powerful way to be in our lives and father there i i'm probably safe to say that everyone in this room today has been saved there may possibly be someone who's never claimed you as their savior i would sure love the opportunity to open your word and teach and share with them what that means And Father, there's a host of folks in the church who've just become complacent. They may have found themselves identifying with one of those five characters we talked about. But Father, the one group that I hope they do not find themselves in is that group of procrastinator. They know they should, but they just keep waiting until tomorrow. And tomorrow never comes. But Lord, there will be a day, there will be a time, when you will say enough is enough and father you will tell your son Jesus to get up from his throne and to come back and get his bride the church and father your scripture is clear nobody knows the day nor the hour when that will happen and as the apostle Paul taught so often through the epistles that jesus will come like a thief in the night and that we must be ready at all times for the coming of the second uh, jesus the second time and so father we ask you today if somebody's not sure if somebody's been putting it off would today be long enough and would they respond in jesus name we pray amen let's stand as we sing this great song together let it penetrate your heart